Will you pray with me, please? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world, Lord our God. We thank you for the gift of your Son, the gift of his cross, the gift of the representation of that cross in every liturgy of the church. As we waste time with you this day and with one another, as we spend time in that completely unpractical gift of prayer, we ask that you may fill us with your spirit, that we may know of your, your redemption, your glorification that you wish to bestow upon us all. We ask this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, as we pray, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome back to the... Um, I'll say the second to last, last official, um, you know, session like this. So hopefully you'll be able to be with us again next next Tuesday for the end of the the end of the mission of our three days of of mission here. Um, just a little review to get us started with. We've been spending a lot of time with the, that acronym A R R R, and seeing what what the Lord's putting on our heart. What are we acknowledging in the midst of our prayer? In particular, our prayer with Scripture. Uh, then we relate that to him, we receive from him, and we respond with, with our lives. And that was seen, I, I liked the example, I hope it worked a little bit for you too, we saw on the field of dreams, that, you know, he's ex- acknowledging he's feeling jealousy. He doesn't think it's fair that uh, James Earl Jones' character is getting to go out into the woods, and he relates that to the, the godlike character of Shoeless Joe, uh, and then puts himself in a receptive position uh, and not only is able to receive that, that reunion with his father, but then to, to respond with this openness to all the people that uh, were going to come and experience that little taste of heaven that those of us that like baseball <laughs> see yeah. in the, the national right. pastime. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we're been going a lot through the scriptures and uh I, this past week we had a lot of scriptures to go through yeah, in john yes. <laughs> john 9 there's no shortage of, of yeah. stuff to, to chew on uh and i i, I hope you used the you know yeah, carved out some time uh and then just open to what what is popping what to acknowledge those things to to relate them to the lord um to be receptive to what he wants to give and then and to respond. Um, we spoke a little bit last week about uh, the Lenten disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, about making space uh, in our lives in order to be uh, all the more receptive, you know, carve just the, the John of the Cross, nada, nada, nada. Not that the stuff is bad, not that the, you know, food and drink and the comforts of, of life and time and money and all the rest are, not that they're bad, but when we are not enslaved, by them, my goodness, we're more receptive. Um, the image that I want to transition now is today we want to focus, focus specifically on liturgical prayer. And there's a few different reasons why. Um, in, in part because we're a liturgical church. Um, we, we, we're not, a, we're not a, a, a religion of the book. Right? We're, we're a religion of the word. Um, so it's not for Catholics, it's not scripture alone. It's, it's the word, the word of, of Jesus Christ, who is the, the word made flesh and who relates his word, yes, through the inspired text of scripture, but through the, tr- the tradition of the church and through the magisterium as well. And that's seen most beautifully in the, the liturgy of the, of the church. Um, the Eucharist, yes, and, and all the liturgies of the church is a, it's a representation of the cross. So that's why we start off with that, that by your holy cross, you've redeemed the world. Um, but whenever we talk about the cross, 
There's, um, there's so much there. Um, the uh, St. Mary's School uh, used to be known as the place with the heart. And it's not a great clip art, but it, it was a beautiful image. There's the cross with a heart on it. My friend oh, Kathy wow. made that when she was like 21. Did she really? Uh, all right. Tell her she just got a shout out. Jack Maroney's daughter. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, the, uh, yeah, well, don't tell her the part awesome. about not awesome. being great. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the cross and the heart. And ever since um, Father George Ashenbrenner introduced me to the the levels of the heart. I think this is such an important, um, I'm not doing the, the Grinch who stole Christmas here, um, no. but it's the, when we talk about the heart, so often, just like when we talk about love, sometimes people just gloss over it with the, the, a superficial way of looking at the, the heart. Look to the cross. Look to the place with the heart. The, the cross is there, right? What, what do you see when you see the cross? Well, you see a man who's, who's suffering. Yeah. There's obvious physical pain there. There's, not, there's no, no comeliness. There's no, 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 nothing that would attract us, as Isaiah. There's no, there's no beauty in the physical appearance. So that would be the, the exterior, right? The physical. And then, I could, I could give you an extra layer. We could go with four. Um, it's been a while since I had Father Ashenberry's class. Um, the, the next one in, um, you know, the, there's the physical. There's also the, the, the emotional. Like the, the emotional, maybe emotional and psychological could overlap. Because I, I think of... Um, you know, just the anguish uh, that, that's going on here, the abandonment um, by, by friends. Um, but somewhere in the depths of us, we, right in the beginning of this series, we talked about going into the depths, right? Now, there's the shallows, there's the superficial. Yeah, obvious anguish. There, there's the emotional, the psychological, there's maybe the midlands. It's, it's, the exterior is important. The, the, the Midlands, the, the psychological, those feelings are important. But at the core, at the, the depths of, of who he was, he was there fulfilling the will of the Father. He was there redeeming all of us. He was there, you know, the, giving this, this embrace of, the, of all people in all time. He was, you know, that, that ultimate spousal gift of himself, freely and totally and faithfully and fruitfully, for, for the redemption of the world. I'd propose that at the core there, they're somewhere so deep that it could not be seen by any of us or even maybe even imagined, but the, the core, when you're where you're supposed to be, there's peace. And I, I think we've all experienced that at some point where there's a lot going on. Physically, emotionally, like I, I'm just spread like butter over too much toast. But we're still where we're supposed to be. And I would, you know, not to make it trite, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I, I wouldn't, I was telling Dave and others came in earlier about the, this hike this past week. I we shouldn't have done some of the ridiculousness that we did, <laughs> right? There was, there was absurdity in the, the length of it, and, and there was some serious danger levels. But at least on two separate occasions during the hike, I said, I couldn't, I, if I had to do something this stupid, I would never choose to do it with any other people than the people I was with. I was where I was supposed to be with whom I was supposed to be. And there was something great about that. Um, so the peace of the cross, he, he's thirsting. He, I mean, look at the words that he uses. I thirst, physical thirst, absolutely. And that, that a feel, sense of abandonment, my God, my God. Why have you abandoned me? Right. right? That that wasn't just that he was quoting um, Psalm twenty-two, though. That there's there's that, and there was a beautiful profession of faith in the midst of that. But there also surely was some sense of abandonment. At the same time, he looks to his mother and to John. Behold your mother. Behold your son. 
and he's able to speak to the Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. There, there can, on these levels of the heart, so the, there are these feelings, there are these emotions, um, there, but where do we want to go yeah. is where the, Lord, the Lord, where the Lord dwells most fully and most perfectly with us in, into the depths. I had a, 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 one of a, the college students this, this week, we'll call him George, um, sent me a text message late at night, which is fine because I turn off my phone and I never get them until morning. And then I like texting him early in the morning. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I feel, I say I talk, I could talk. I, I wait till hours later and then forget about it. But eventually, the, the text was profound. Um, George has been... Um, watching The Chosen, oh. uh, and has been really moved by it. And he, he was sharing how th- that um, he, he's noticed himself experiencing every time that someone recognizes Jesus for who he is, mm. him getting emotional, like actually having tears come, come to his eyes, and like just this, this longing... Um, to, to experience it. He, he, in particular, those of you that know it, know the, the series, know um, Simon the Zealot, this like trained assassin, is now genuflecting before Jesus. And George, like, he's got it up here. He's like, I know that when I go into church for Mass and I genuflect, I'm doing the very same thing before Jesus in the Most Blessed Sacrament. He said, but why am I not moved in the same way? I love these kids. <coughs> yeah, that's such a darn good question. All right. <coughs> have, you ever, have you ever thought about it? Like, we should. We, we, we should ask ourselves, what, what is it? What? What's different here? I want to talk a little bit about, about that with you today. If, regardless of whether you've seen The Chosen, regardless of whether you're, <laughs> you're like me, you can't always genuflect, um, the, that the, when we come before the <coughs> Lord, in the liturgy, in the, in the Holy Eucharist, in, the, in confession, in Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we see a, a baby or a baptized, when we see an adult baptized, when we see someone anointed, when we see that the, we know that the cross is being represented, the, it, it's okay to desire what we see Simon or Mary Magdalene or or one of the people that had this miracle, uh, the miraculous encounter with Jesus, it's okay for us to, to desire that. Just the way Ray acknowledges that he, he desires what he ex- thinks that James Earl Jones is going to be experiencing in Field of Dreams. Yeah. Okay, what, what do we do about it? I think very often... I'm guilty of it as anybody churches it's a routine yeah, more yeah. than it is a place to be what I find more emotional is when I come to stations of the cross and going to different stations mm. and hearing the story about Jesus standing on the cross and how he fell three times and stuff and I get myself very enthralled with the story and it's 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 powerful mm-hmm. it's powerful and but coming to church is like and I, I, I'm not saying this is... No, you're good. I'm glad you're saying it, it. But it's... Sometimes you come and it's like a routine instead of a... Why are we here at church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think I know how to change that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I go through phases and I'm like and stuff. But uh, well, Easter, is a, Easter is a very important time for 
are called Catholics because it's whatever the next time is is an important time for Catholics. Yeah, it's a very dangerous thing to because. Just a couple weeks ago, we would have said Lent is an important time yeah. for, yeah. for, for oh, it and it is, right. and you're you're absolutely right. Easter is as well, but we have to. There is that that distinct danger of like, okay, I, I'll do that, I'll I'll do that thing when. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'd first point out that the the reason. Oh, no, I want a couple, one other thing before we get in there. Um, so George has his great and profound question. Um, simultaneous with that showing up, Sula, one of our trustees, sends me an email um, that, uh, uh, an article that she found a week or two ago and promised to send, and just, she just sent it. And this is in the Watertown paper. It was yeah. just yesterday. Um, about the... Um, the the college in, in Kentucky, the um, Asbury College, uh, maybe you heard about this, with this yeah, revival right. where over the course of two weeks, 50,000 yeah. people came to pray so in a, pray. what is that, over 300 hours of, of prayer that was not anything that the college put on. No, they just spontaneous. They, it was just, there was a, a, a good, a good preacher got up and yeah. he the one article that Sue sent he left the pulpit thinking that it went over like a lead balloon and he texted his wife another swing and a miss didn't do anything and something happened and the students just they started they people started leaving but some of them stayed and were praying and it just and it was building and it really a very, very moving experience for people right then and there. But then they started, what struck me is then they started texting their friends. You got to come back. Something's happening. And some more people came back. And then they didn't leave. Like more people, they more, I, and I, I don't, fully, I've only been aware of this for the last 24 hours. So I, I haven't had a chance to deep dive into it. Um, but a lot of, there was a lot of emotion. Yeah. It's so much. Powerful. So what, yeah, and a lot of people really like, just seeing the, the pictures and hearing some of the testimonies, okay, what's going on there? Um, and how, how did that happen? Very clear testimony, like 50,000 people, they traveled not just, there's not that many people in, wherever this was, little, little town of Kentucky, I forget what it was called. I don't think there's 50,000 people in the county. But uh, the, there were people that were coming across country. Yeah. They heard about this and they wanted it. Um, there was people that came from other countries. There was some, one person that came from Singapore. Um, I, I have no idea how that... What, there's a hunger for something more than just looking at their phone. How long ago was that in the paper? This was in Monday's paper. Monday's paper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I read. There were some Catholic churches, like there was one in New York City where they started something similar in, at the same time. Interesting. And a lot of people were coming to that. Too. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I, I did catch that. that There's sort of like some, not, copycat doesn't sound good, but just piggybacking off of, uh, of what was going on there. Um, anybody else here? I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I'm trying to scratch at this because it's such a, a complicated reality. And since it's so, so timely. The Holy Spirit just moved in. That's all. Yeah. Well, I, mean, that's and, not, and I like that explanation. I do. That took advantage of that, I guess. Or mm-hmm. I think you hit the word hunger. I, there is... No civilization that we ever heard of that hasn't tried to worship a god in some fashion or other. There is an innate recognition that there is a greater being in control. Mm -hmm. And luckily we all have an antenna. We can talk to that person, Mm -hmm. that being. And I think it's innate. I think it's every... Human being has it. Might want to ignore it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I the I I'm gonna use some general general um, thoughts, uh, not specifically being judgmental of what what's going on in Asbury, because um, I just don't know the specifics. But just the photo ops that I was seeing, what I and some experiences of prayer that I've I've had that look familiar. A lot of it is um, praise and worship music, and dynamic preaching. Um, and a lot of, um, a lot of emotion. Well, the, the, we had a good, Sarah and I and the, the staff, uh, we had a, a meeting today and this came up, um, and Connor had a really interesting insight. He, because I, I hear you say we need more of that, John. Yeah. Um, Connor. but I also, <laughs> Connor's got an interesting got insight Connor. with his college students because yeah, Sue shared this with Connor. Yeah. And I said, I think you might want to share it with me because Connor's doing a lot of good stuff with the college students yeah, already. Connor's. And he, he's finding ways that, that things things do connect. This is the sort of thing that maybe is helpful yeah. for for other people to to learn about. Maybe the parish council or, or other other groups. Maybe, maybe there'll be a group that'll want to talk about prayer someday. Who knows? Um, but... Um, Connor, when we were asking him about it, says, you know, we've tried a, a number of prayer and worship, praise and worship experiences with our college students, and they really aren't into it very much. Um, and yeah. where, where they're at right now, um, and he, he did give an example that is, has stuck with me of someone who had a lot of experiences of worship in that real emotion-rich kind of experience, uh, lots of, of, of music and, and whatnot. And then she went to a, um, what did he say? It was a concert, a One, one Direction? A One, di- a one Direction <laughs> concert. <laughs> and she, she said she experienced the same thing and she yeah. stopped believing. She it was the same emotional experience. It's like if this is all it is, and so I'd propose that some. Again, I'm not saying that what was going on in Kentucky was bad, but I would definitely say it was on the outer levels of of the heart here. It's certainly not, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Kind of stuff. There's a hunger for being together. There's a hunger for. For, for one of the things in the article said, you know, just in the post-COVID era, just to be able to yeah. come together and right. sing, yeah. is a, there's a deep longing for the human heart to be able to, to do that. Some of us have had conversations about this yeah. on a real basic level. It's, yeah, of course. And to sing about good things and not violent things and not, yeah, not right. self-serving things, but, but about the other, which is great. But the liturgy is not just about good feelings. Hopefully there's good preaching that will move the spirit. Hopefully the, there's, there's something in the, the, the richness of the text of the prayers. In the, hopefully the, there's beauty in the music. Um, but it needs, it needs some reflection. Please. I, I come from that kind of background mm. where you go to church and um, mm. you get all excited or whatever and people come up didn't you get a lot out of that? Wasn't that great? I got a lot out of that. And um, then I went to the Episcopal Church and it was more like a work to God rather than, what did I get out of it? Mm -hmm. And it was just refreshing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that has anything to do with what we're doing, but it it shows the difference between the two forms of worship. One seems like, yeah, it's good and all that sort of thing, but the focus is what do you get out of it rather than what are you, what worship have you given God and just be free to, to worship God and not worry about someone coming up and say, what'd you get out of it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I worship God. Yeah. So has anyone heard um, Father Mike Schmidt's talk on the, on the, the, the um, Passover, the Passover lamb. Uh, and th- this is, he did this 
wonderful presentation to at one of the SEEK conferences, again, a bunch of college students. And he was speaking just on that, that subject of like, you know, people talking about, you know, not really getting much out of worship. And he just went back to the, the Jewish people and the, the need to offer an unblemished lamb. And to, in order to, for it to be an unblemished lamb, the tradition developed for them to keep the lamb with them in the house for like a week before, like, it, so you know how attached your kids have gotten before to a cat or something that followed them home, like how cute it is. And, and okay, and now like he, and he's talking to college students, so he gets into some details, but like bringing that lamb that has become part of the family and bringing it and holding it and, and letting the blood drip out and, and offering that and then taking its, its body, its flesh home to be roasted and consumed. And then imagine saying, well, I really didn't get much out of the experience. <laughs> like who has the audacity to say, like we're worshiping our God in the, in the midst of this. We're giving, and again, it's not either or, both and. Um, yeah, how do, we, how do we worship? And what, what is the liturgical experience but the representation of the cross. That in, every, in every confession that's heard, it's the salvific act of Jesus Christ in the timeless one sacrifice of the cross that it is not limited by time, is right there. Um, in every anointing, in every you know, Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning mass, like that cross is made present so um, yeah not just on that exterior level but move into the interior how do we how do we deep dive there all that being said there's a reason why at St. Mary's for years now we've prayed that prayer at the beginning of mass Lord show me one way that show me that because we're not just as you've, I appreciate it, Phil, you say, and like sometimes we can just, was the word complacent? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we can just be com- mm-hmm. complacent. We can just go, this is just what we do. We just gotta check the box and do the thing, and now we go and do the, check the other boxes and just keep on moving with life. Okay, so. But when you do the consecration, or any priest does the consecration, there is the reason right there. It, it, it can be I mean, like yes, like the 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 consecration is a, is a preeminently holy moment, but the reading of the scripture isn't like a pregame show. <laughs> like, that's not the opening act. We're just like the warm up show. It's like we, we, we'll get a comedian. Like some some like that's that's sometimes I tell jokes during the homily, but that's not the intention of why 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 we do that. Every prayer has the potential to, to speak to us. Every, every line from the scripture is inspired. Um, just coming together in those silent moments, the, the hymns that we, we sing, we were having a conversation earlier today, like we, we want hymns that speak of what the church believes, it, the, the richness of the, of the, the theology and Sometimes we miss the mark. Uh, you know, sometimes the, there's lines uh, like that is more jarring than, than truth-filled. And, um, and other times it's just, it's just trite kind of, uh, of warm feelings or I, I don't even know what. Um, but the, what's, what we aim for is something that teaches the fullness, the, the truth in love. So how do we... How do we catch those moments? And that, that's sort of why the past couple of weeks what we've been trying to do exclusively in the scriptures because it's a little more, it can be a little more controlled. You know, it, if there's someone coughing uh, or playing bad music while you've been doing the scripture studies, it's you that's been coughing or you that left the bad music on. Or if, there, if there's, you know, a bad homily that's running through, whatever. If there's something distracting, it's you that's being distracted. When we worship together, there's other people. 
Yeah. And there's that the yeah. challenge that comes from that. I that yeah. there's but there's still where two or three are gathered in my name. Yeah. There I am in the midst of them. So as a result, we have to go through that same thing. The A R R we 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 can go through the same thing. And we instead of just being complacent to acknowledge what is the thing that just Oh, was that, do, do I have my ears on that day, and is my heart open? What, what's, what's one thing? And there could be a hundred things, but most of us are easily distracted and don't have that good of a memory. So what's one thing that he wants to, to share with me today? Um, and maybe to write that down so we don't miss it. You know, that's where the, the value of, of journaling is. And just to acknowledge it and to relate it to him. So maybe, you, like George, you know, picturing one of the scenes from The Chosen and we're bringing that, like, just that's tugging on our heart. We can bring that when we come for Mass. And, like, I desire to love you the way Mary Magdalene looked at Jesus. I... I, I I know that my sin is, uh, can, you know, something like hers, whatever it was. I, I know you've, you, you've saved me just as really as you, you saved her. So help me live like it. Help, help me. I, I, I want this. I'm bringing this to you. Let me receive what it is that you wish. What, can you speak to this? I know you can speak this. Can you speak to this in a way that I can hear? <laughs> In a way that I can can acknowledge, is there something that you're going to say to me? What are you going to say to me about this? And give me the grace to respond. Let me let me take it from here. Uh, Mary Magdalene can't help but relate this message to to others and try to bring others to Jesus. Is is that what he's asking of us as well? Love is more than feelings, right? Um, and so is, so is worship. Uh, so, so for the mass, um, for us to to be in a position of receptivity. The church, it's hard for us, for us priests. Some of us are better at it than others, but to to not do the thing of, okay, I gotta move on to the next thing. But the church, when you read the documents about the celebration of the mass, silence is, is not is not an optional thing, or silence isn't, isn't a bad thing. Like there, there needs to be these moments. There's a reason why after the homily and after communion, the priest sits down and sh- shuts up. It's not because he's just, oh, he's spent. He just... <laughs> 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 Water check. Priest is spent. Yeah. Uh, um, that one of the best things that uh, I was ever given for 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 praying at mass was uh, that tiny little prayer, Lord. This is the communion that I desire. For oftentimes in that that silent moment after communion, this is the communion I desire, because all of our hearts long for. And we, we, we look for it in a thousand different ways. Why do we grab at our phones? Why do we, why do we have certain conversations? Um, why, why do we eat what we eat and drink what we drink? We're sitting right. communion. We're, uh, and don't hear communion and just think First Holy Communion or reception of Holy Eucharist. Though, yes, it's named aptly, but we're longing to be united communion, to be united with our God and with one another. Um, and that's, that's all the sacraments. That's all the liturgies. But it's also the devotions, right? Um, so the, 
for example, the rosary. Um, what, it's a, such a good prayer. Um, again, I'll give a shout out to, to Father Mike Schmitz. He was just talking, um, was it today or yesterday, if you're listening to the Catechism in a year, he uh, was just talking about how he's heard people say over the years that, you know, that they're more, they're more spiritually, they, they don't like praying the rosary because they're more spiritually advanced. Ooh, <laughs> and he did a, he, he's he's just got this amazing gift of laying out like stuff like that wow. that's just like ugh kind of moments but he still sounds nice when he's sharing those things like he's anyways he he gives these wonderful examples of like mother Teresa praying the rosary every day pope john paul ii praying the rosary every day these not exactly theological or spiritual slouches <laughs> but but having the Okay, can the rosary be prayed in a very superficial way? Yeah, it can be. It, it can be just saying words and, and babbling on like the pagans do. But it can also be prayed in an ARRR way. Um, it, you know, acknowledge, you know, reflecting on the mystery. And when you come, when we come to the end of the decade, to relate what what popped and be receptive to that, maybe even come up with a resolution to do something, something more. The game changer for me with the rosary was when I decided every day that. A different decade would be for a specific intention. I'm not very creative. I don't come up with new intentions every day. I just have a like a set, right. set, set person or a group of people that I'm praying for with this this decade. Um, but the, even that that's like second tier. Like that that's more the emotional. I'm talking at sentimentality. I'm talking at psychological stuff to to go into the depths of the with the rosary. Is to let the Lord speak to you. It's not for me, you know. It was good that I, I'm being intentional about praying and know the the benefit of, of doing it. But again, it's not just. What what we're doing, uh, it, it's it's what He's doing, in and for us. Um, liturgy of the hours. Some of you have been praying the liturgy of the hours with us for. A while, um, maybe some probably long before this, but when we, uh, when COVID hit, um, we started doing the liturgy of the hours online, and poor Lucas uh, <laughs> stuck there in the, in the rectory with me. So twice a day, we went live on Facebook and yeah. started started praying them. And this is when I was really just getting into the this um, the the work of. Institute for Priestly Formation, and they introduced the ARRR, which is not a good acronym to, to let roll off your tongue. But um, So they had suggested, when you get to the end of a psalm, to pause for a while. Um, and it took taken me a while to get used to it. Come to find out, Lucas had really struggled with it for a while, because I was pausing much longer than they did at seminary. And it's like, okay, but to be in, like, why am I doing that? God forbid it's because I want to look holy. Like that, but there's a danger of that. And I know there's an evil whisper that goes through a priest's head. It's like, if you do this, they'll, they're going to think you look really holy. And well, that'd be great. Or is it making space? Is it, is it, is it fasting from just jumping on to the next thing so that we can acknowledge that there's, you know, what, what did the Lord, it's the inspired word of God. The, the, he, there will be something in every passage that's going to speak to our hearts to simply acknowledge it. Maybe relate that to it. Maybe go back to it later on. Um, uh, adoration. They talk about a, a great um, possibility for uh, good contemplative prayer um, just a week from today we'll, 6.30 in the morning till 6.30 uh, in the evening we're going to be having adoration going on and 
I know sometimes people wonder, well, what am I supposed to do during that time? Um, and so whenever on Tuesday evenings when we offer adoration here, I've started you know, offering some things. One of my predecessors only um, would only offer silence. Uh, and I've had some people say they really liked that and other people say that was just too much to ask for people to, to, to soak up. Okay, so, so what should we do? And to, to his credit, he said, you know, I figured people could read the gospel for the next Sunday or couldn't pray a rosary on their own and want to impose that on to each his own. Um, but what are, whatever we're doing, it's sh- <laughs> the worst holy hours I ever had to leave. There was one religious community um, when I was a newly ordained priest and they're like the, the, um, the Religious Sisters of Mercy of Alma, Michigan are like the Navy SEALs of religious communities. <laughs> they are just, it's a lot. And when you go, you have to stretch. <laughs> you have to stretch before you go in for the holy hour because they're, they are going to cover everything. You just go in, you expose the Blessed Sacrament, and you put your seatbelt on, and you're like, here we go. So that it, it was an honor to to um, give benediction to them, but it was not great prayer for me because oh. I needed a little bit more, a little more receptivity there, a little more quiet. Um, yeah, I said it with great respect. The, the sisters were were outstanding. Um, let's see, and then confession as well. Um, they, this, that the liturgy of the church. There, how do we? Um, I bring this one up not so much because I expect people to hang on every word that you know the priest is using in the prayer of absolution or maybe in giving some counsel or, or the penance, but some confessions we don't feel much. Mm-hmm. And I, we've, many of us have had a, a, a confession or two or more where we've felt a lot. Uh, but sometimes you're like, Okay, that to use a, a barb line from the first session it was like it was like a grocery list kind of experience. I just did the thing and okay, but okay, maybe on on this level there there isn't that much there. But what's going on here? Yeah, uh, and the the depths of who we are. What and how do we know that? Again, it's what are the fruits? Are are we in in this in this prayer in this liturgy in the in this regular confessions? Are we becoming more patient? Go to Galatians five twenty two, loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, generous. Are we possessing more self control? If so, praise God. We still have a little bit of time. Um, I had a lot to share today, so I didn't, yeah, so I didn't, didn't ask for uh, uh, for for a lot of input from what you your your homework had been. But I would like to hear if if, uh, if you got time to stick it out. Um, we had John uh, nine. Yeah. What uh, is it? first of all, any questions, thoughts? I mean, this is our last sort of chance, but I'm also happy to to jump into John nine if uh, if that's where. If that's where the Spirit's leading us, then let's do it. Questions, thoughts, objections? I was just going to comment on, I've gotten several barbets, folks, and I really love how um, when you enter the synagogue, I think there was a basket with the, the yarmulkes for people who didn't have them, or maybe weren't Jewish, but were entering the sacred space. Yeah. And I just, I love the idea of having some kind of delineation between like out there and then in the sacred space, you know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I'm not saying that there's an easy answer for Catholic churches, but I do understand why women, some of them still wear veils and that sort of thing. And sure. I just, I think it's really kind of a very visual and concrete way to separate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the mantillas is, is one, I mean, I'm blessed cause I wear something different, but I, um, I, I mean that's part of the reason I wear my cassock on Sundays is because I'm. This is a this is this day is different. 
the, the Lord's Day um, is, a, is a special day. Um, there, it wasn't that long ago people talked about putting on their Sunday best. Because that was the only day they wore it. And they didn't have, like, wardrobes of clothes that were, like, well, you know, with running suits that cost ridiculous amounts of money. Um, so, I mean, hiking apparel these days, my goodness, the amount of money that you could spend on stuff to hike and sweat through. Uh, but whatever, like, uh, to have something special for an exterior reminder, yeah, there's something to be said for that. I don't think every, I don't think everyone needs it, but at the same time, I think it is giving that visual is a is a good reminder. We are we are we are material. I'm sure God doesn't. So I I hear the objections. What does God care what we're wearing? God doesn't. But in my brokenness, I do. Like I I know that I I I'm I act differently if I'm wearing a old t-shirt and a pair of jeans and sneakers that I am, I care, I'm embarrassed to say it. I carry myself differently if I'm somewhere and I'm hanging out with friends and family and not wearing this goofy suit, then I, I, I just, yeah. Anyways, it's an interesting thing to think about. Do you, there are so many good books of prayers. Hmm. Do, do you have a favorite one that you refer to a lot? No. Not a lot. Um, manual of prayers is something that my seminary put together. It really is is one that I like to to use. Um, but honestly, I love the rosary. I love the chaplet, uh, divine mercy. Divine. I lo- love the liturgy of the hours. I don't do a lot. I, I have a few novenas that I share with the parish, but I'm not one to spend a lot of time with favorite um, rote prayers. Um, maybe I should do more so. Um, but uh, no, but anyways, the manual, of, if I had to point to one, I'd say the manual of prayers. Um, also, um, the Hallow app. It's, I, I'm not a big fan of praying with, um, with my phone, but I understand there's a, I, I don't have a paid subscription. I just use the free one. But there are those times when, um, yeah, I'm, the only way I'm going to get a rosary in is if it's when I'm washing dishes late in the mm-hmm. evening, uh, and I'll put it on. It's actually really nice. Um, so there's, yeah, it, it's a. So anyway, that's another little resource. It's not a book. What was it? Hallow. Hallow would be the name. Okay. Connor has been pushing it these days on oh, the students. Connor. Yeah. Oh. He's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thoughts? What hit you in John 9? Let's wrap up with uh, one, one more, one more well, fun. Uh, the first thing that stuck on my mind was the first thing was how they thought the blind man was a sinner. Because he was blind, he was a sinner. Mm-hmm. And that, or his parents, or right. their parents were saying, and I was like, "Wow, I, uh, um, that's a person that stuck on my mind when I was reading through this." Uh-huh. So anybody who's handicapped is a sinner, basically, is what the the disciples were thinking. And and his disciples asked him, "Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?" Right at the beginning. So, do you see that uh, this is the danger? We gotta be careful. We don't want to do the scripture study, but I'm tempted to. Like, I just want to point you to the footnote. Um, if you want to study more about that, um, nine two. Okay. Um, see the note on John five fourteen and Exodus twenty uh, verse five. Okay. That parents' sins were visited upon their children. Oh, yeah. I see, I see what you're saying. So it wasn't just that the disciples were being jerks. Yeah, that was... I point that part out because there was something in the scriptures from that. But I think we've all been there. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, so I hope you. I, I don't. Yeah.
I'm mansplaining you. Uh, the scriptures. Uh, what, what, when, you, when that struck you, what, what did you, what happened after that? Did you, did you pray with it? I pondered it for a while. Okay, you pondered it, but did you pray with it? <laughs> probably no. Probably did you, not. did you, did you talk to the big guy? Did you say, hey, uh, this, I don't like this. Yeah. Oh. I did not. Yeah. I'll be the first one. Yeah, okay. So there's the the ease of, 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 I mean, it's good to study these things. Okay, but again, neck up. What's going on here? But why does that bother me? Barbie, I that. Yeah, because that's the one that struck me. Oh, good. Because I thought this tiny, innocent baby did nothing Mm -hmm. to deserve a physical disability. Sure. And at that time, I doubt his parents were into drugs to cause a, right. a disability. Right. So I don't think it was a sin. It just happened. Sure. Well, Jesus answered it. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. Jesus did answer, you know, afterwards, and I thought, okay. It was a great whistle. <laughs> I was happy. But, I, but, 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 but don't, don't um, skip over. Like, okay, I'm having a, there's something a here. Internal turmoil. Yeah, like I don't like it. And, no, but why? I didn't. And, but hold on for a second. How many of us know somebody, or maybe have been there ourselves, when something has happened to someone that we love or to ourselves and we have that, that same feeling what am I being punished for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How well, vain. What's that? How vain. How vain? <laughs> to think that. Oh, hmm, may, it, could, it can be. That uh, you have that much power to cause. It, it can be, but whether it is or not, uh, I think. I, I know it. I, and I don't want to project it onto you. I can just speak for myself. I have okay. felt that before. Mm-hmm. And I know a number of other people with sick children. Yes, have, that's what I'm referring to. Have yeah. imagined imagine that as well. And is there, there's, you know, as we, yeah. What, what, so what's the Lord say to us in that? As we, um, not for us just to figure out, does God punish sinners? Is, is there's plenty of examples of that, and we, we know there's those sins that cry out for vengeance. Um, yeah, okay, but is all, is all suffering a form of punishment? Okay, well, and, and what's he saying to me in the midst of it um, about my own sinfulness, my own brokenness, my own hurts? We do, we do. And and he formed us, and he has plans for us, and he is willing to forgive anything, even though we ask for forgiveness of something we think we're guilty of, whether we're not always like we had the power to 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 cause that. Um, it 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 just I don't know. It just, it's true. I, you're, everything that you're saying is true, but, but this is a, a, a not on the theology of suffering. Uh, we're, what we're doing, but uh, there, in our prayer, and, what do we bring to him? Suffering, yeah, she take to him, and, and that's her purpose of bringing you closer mm-hmm. to him. But whether I suffer or not, he loves me. Yep. That's. It. No, everything you're saying. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on board with Barb, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The next communicating. <laughs> <laughs> not, not today, Barb. <laughs> not today. Not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> what else popped? Surely we are not all so blind, are we? Ooh. It says the cleric in the room. <laughs> what uh, what prompted it? That, that that one just hit me right in the heart. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I took it to adoration and spent some time really trying to unravel Ooh. and uh, asking you know, in in what ways 
Yeah. Am I blind? Yeah, but we are. Am I blind to Christ's presence? Am I blind to the needs of others? Yeah. And how how do I make myself blind? Because I'm obviously sighted. Not great as I get older, but obviously. But how do I make myself blind? I make myself blind by turning away. I make myself blind by hiding. I make myself blind by closing my eyes. And it's, those are actions on my part to turn away from God. Mm-hmm. When I do those things, I become blind. And what did he say to you? When, uh, you got all these insights going so on. What, what, so I just happened to be at adoration. Adoration. I saw the crucifix. I saw Jesus' hand. And I said, Those, that's the hand that made clay. Yeah. It's the hand that made clay and rubbed it on the eyes yeah. to heal the blindness. Yeah. It's also the hand with a nail through it. Yeah. By his wounds, we were healed. What did that feel like? That was powerful. That was, um, you know, that that is Christ saying, saying, you know, I I did this. You don't need to turn away. Mm. You did. I I did all the work. Did I tell you? That's great, thank you. Hmm. What else? Break up. One more. Barb's and Phil's basically counted as one, so I feel like we need a third. <laughs> maybe maybe it was two. Uh, maybe it's two separate ones. But th- 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 we're very trinitarian. I feel like three is the. Anybody else got one that they can get out? I didn't come with my homework prepared. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I did. I had a couple of them that uh, oh, I wanted to fuck. share, but I don't remember what it was now. Um, I had this sentence right after yours. I feel like that's repetitive. Jesus said to them, "If you were blind, you would have, you had you would have no sin. But now you are saying, we see, so your sin remains." Mm-hmm. So. Very similar, yeah. Similar. <laughs> not that similar. Um, honestly, yeah. that that always leaves me with question marks. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a riddle. Yeah. What's that? It's like a riddle. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. It, it really, the, and yeah. it's a twisty maze of passages, all of them alike. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what <laughs> if you if you understand that, you're my age. It's a riddle. So what happened? I was confused. <laughs> okay. Ah, you felt, and yeah. I mean, so on a surface there? level, it makes sense, but then, yeah. you know, the the whole paradox of the blind, he's making the blind well, able to see, but then he says, if you were blind, you would have no sin, so yeah, then, person. where does that go? Because um, he wants to, to heal people of their blindness, mm-hmm. but yet if you're blind... Then you would have no sin. Oh. So did you? What happened when you related it? To him? <laughs> yeah. I was so confused. <laughs> did you tell him you were confused? Uh, no. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> All right. Well, that, <laughs> let's uh, let, let's go. Don't forget the the relating, and then yeah. yeah so the relating is good, and then. Yeah, the receptivity, but okay, that, that you're acknowledging that there's confusion there. Like, I don't like this part. Yeah. Um, but yet you're still... And this is the trick of having such a long passage. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, they, you know, let me go back to some of the more low-hanging fruit. But if that's where the point of deep emotion is, 
I don't... So, for example, um, if we were blind, we'd have no sin. What would it be like if we were blind? Like, yeah, um, and again, not, not just trying to figure it out, but just put ourselves in, a, in that position and meditate on that. Like, allow yourself to imagine life as a blind person. What would you have to do in the first century? Ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe that's <laughs> worth praying about then. <laughs> for, um, to, to ask for help, I mean, to to rely on others, um, to be receptive, to be to be more willing to receive. I mean, the blind man, the Pharisees aren't exactly renowned for asking good questions. They're, they're not, they don't seem to be really seeking the truth in love. It's the ones we hear about. If you were, if you were blind, if you weren't so caught up in, in this one, could we get a little bit more into here? Adapts. Let's keep whatever, whatever he's asking, whatever, and what what goes on in your heart is real. It, it's not. This is not some other superficial. Uh, this isn't just some some mind game or some little little fun activity. It's like that's that's where he speaks. Uh, and bring it back to him, whatever the whatever the frustration is, or the 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 vulnerable, like you know the the where where am I where are we blind, um, or just the confusion, but also the peace, the 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 I am. There were two that really stood out to me. I'm, I've kind of preached on the I am over the weekend. I, now I can't remember what the other one was, I'm sorry to say. But the, the I am, the, that, that dignity that's given to the blind man. Are you, like, he's acknowledging that, yes, that he had formerly been blind, but he's also now been acknowledging this dignity that he's using the name of God for himself because he's sharing in the divine life. So, these Bibles are dangerous. There have been times in my life the the footnotes have some good nuggets there. Um, Chapter 858, um, while the word used for am is the one reserved for the logos, the the word who became flesh. Uh, yeah, those are those are great little nuggets. But if there's one thing that you're taking away from from all this, save the Bibles that have footnotes for your studies, yeah. and have a Bible without the footnotes for your prayer. Because when when you're praying, or or just have the discipline not to not to, because the insights are good, they are. But for you, to, okay. What's he going to tell you? Not, not what the, the, those footnotes aren't inspired text. <laughs> There's some scripture study, scholars that put something. And sometimes I'm like, how did that even get into the Bible? Why would anyone think that's a good idea to, yeah. to tell people that as they're, they're praying with us? But to be receptive. And again, the, that, that blind priest. The key to the spiritual life is putting yourself in a position where you can be found. Opening those scriptures, opening our hearts, opening our ears, um, in liturgical and also in our in our private devotions. I sure hope it's been helpful. It's been a great joy being with you guys. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Seems like it would be ridiculous not to close with a prayer. So I don't want. <laughs> yeah. I'm many things, but I try not to be ridiculous. So right. if you would join me, please.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving God, you are the Logos. You are the Word. And you're the Word that dwells among us. It comes to, to be received by us as we read, as we, as we pray, as we worship. Help us receive you with all that we are, all that we can be. Help us relate that that word and all that we say and do. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And the mighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. More important, thank you. (laughs) You're very, very welcome.